KPBS On Demand is supported by Arizona Raft Adventures, a third-generation family-owned outfitter providing experiential multi-day Colorado River rafting adventures through the Grand Canyon, hiking, exploration, education, and fun. Only a seven-hour drive from San Diego. Learn more at azraft.com. Hospitals throughout California are getting a first-hand look at the rapid rise in COVID-19 cases. Over the last two weeks, COVID-19 hospitalizations have increased by 81 percent statewide, with over 5,800 Californians currently in hospital care. ICU hospitalizations are also up by 57 percent. Dr. Ghazala Sharif with Scripps Health says they are starting to feel the pressure. We had to decompress um, our hospitals in the south. We had two Mercy Chula Vista transfers to La Jolla, two Mercy Chula Vista transfers uh, to Green. So that's four out of uh, Chula Vista just yesterday. So we are starting to feel the volume internally as well. San Diego County public health officials reported a record 1,546 COVID-19 infections yesterday, along with 16 additional deaths. It put San Diego deeper into the purple tier with an unadjusted case rate of 21.5 new cases per 100,000 people. That far exceeds the state's baseline of seven cases per 100,000 people. Meanwhile, four more California counties have moved into the state's purple, most restrictive COVID-19 tier. More than three-quarters of all counties in the state are now under restrictions that close non-essential indoor businesses. Here's State Health and Human Services Secretary Dr. Mark Golley speaking at a presser on Tuesday. I'm hoping it will look different for you and yours as well. I think it's necessary to modify or pause our usual traditions to really stop the surge this year. And uh, we're re-emphasizing that the safest way to celebrate Thanksgiving this year is at home with members of your household or virtually. He says those who do gather for the holiday should make use of the sunny weather forecast statewide and have their meals outside. It's Wednesday, November 25th. You're listening to San Diego News Matters from KPBS News. I'm Annika Colbert. Stay with me for more of the local news you need to start your day. KPBS On Demand is supported by... Arizona Raft Adventures, a third-generation family-owned outfitter providing experiential multi-day Colorado River rafting adventures through the Grand Canyon, hiking, exploration, education, and fun. Only a seven-hour drive from San Diego. Learn more at azraft.com. As the pandemic continues to wreak havoc on schools, some teachers are finding it harder to take time off. KPBS education reporter Joe Hong spoke with some educators about the challenge of finding substitute teachers. Since the onset of the pandemic, Courtney Green has been reluctant to take time off from her work as a fourth grade teacher. Her students at Kellogg Elementary in the Chula Vista Elementary School District had already suffered enough through the challenges of distance learning. But when Green had to take three weeks off for a medical procedure in October, finding someone to fill in for her was far more difficult than she expected. You have to ensure that you're getting a substitute who's able to log on to whichever program your school or school district is using. And even after she found a couple substitutes, her days off were interrupted by the technical difficulties of virtual learning. 
on my days that I was out on medical leave, I would still have to log on to the computer in the morning, set up the class, make the substitute the host, and then log off. In the end, she went against her doctor's wishes and decided to cut her medical leave short. I came back a couple days early because of just how stressful it was uh, working with subs and um, uh, how much work I had to put in. It was basically the same amount as if I had been working. Green says she's heard similar stories from her colleagues. They've put off, you know, taking mental health days or going to doctor's appointments because they don't want to have to figure this out. District spokesman Anthony Milliken said 96% of teacher absences were filled in the month of October. He said the new reality regarding substitutes is twofold. Now, um, because of school closures, we have far fewer uh, in-person you know, professional development trainings. Um, so so in, in that regard, there's less of a need for subs. But on the flip side is that there are actually fewer subs um, generally available. Substitute teachers say 2020 has been a struggle. Danielle Brees is a substitute teacher working at West Hills High in the Grossmont Union High School District. When COVID-19 first shut down school, she immediately filed for unemployment. Through quarantine, I had moved from where I was living to a cheaper place, kind of because of it, to be honest. So I was pretty much just making ends meet. And I, because I'm fully credentialed, I'm still looking for jobs. Brees ultimately found work as a long-term sub for a teacher who's working from home because he's at greater risk of experiencing complications from COVID-19. She goes to campus every day where students learn in a hybrid model. The teacher designs the curriculum and the assignments, and Brees supervises them in the classroom while they complete their assignments. So I've been trying to help them with like their study habits and like giving them some examples of how to study and some mindfulness apps and things like that. So I'm okay, but it's... It is impacting me a little bit to see them not doing as well as they could be. Luckily for Breeze, Grossmont Union raised the pay for substitutes after COVID hit from $115 per day to $150. So far, the district has been able to just meet its need for subs. Well, actually, our sub situation is, I'll say, strained. Terry Stanfill is the Assistant Superintendent of Human Resources at Grossmont Union High. He said the district's decision to provide more in-person learning meant it had to make an investment in substitutes. It's a real big part of our schools, and it's what we need to remain open. And so we felt we needed to be competitive in the counties. Cone Valley Union School District, which has more in-person instruction than most districts, also raised its rates for substitutes. But officials there are worried increasing pay might not be sustainable in the long run. Stanfield worries that the shortage of subs will only get worse. Right now, it seems to be okay, but there's always a need for subs. And as other districts begin to open, we might feel more of a strain. Back at Chula Vista Elementary, Green expects that things will improve, but she's not planning on taking any more time off. There's also uh, some, some guilt that comes with getting a substitute when teachers know that our students have already gone through so much trauma over these last seven months and just going out for a day to take care of an appointment is going to be even more challenging for our students. Joe Hong, KPBS News.
Since the start of the pandemic, San Diego Unified School District has distributed more than 8 million meals to students. This week, cars lined up at the usual pickup locations to take enough meals for the entire holiday weekend. Sherwin LaRoya is a food service supervisor with the district. There's more people coming down in the holiday because, you know, we're close on those three days period and we give them more as much as we can get them a meal for that week that they have, you know, without us having those three days. Since the district isn't distributing food for the rest of the week, LaRoya and his team gave out less perishable meals like frozen food and dried fruit. The district will resume its regular meal service on Monday, November 30th. The COVID-19 pandemic is impacting every area of life, including our driving. KPBS reporter Jacob Ayer says Sandag has released an interactive data map that quantifies the changes to travel on local highways. Sandag's new highway hotspots and volumes tracker records monthly averages for the weekday traffic volumes and speeds at highway hotspots throughout the county. The data available on the tracker covers March through October 2020, and users can compare that to the same time in 2019. Anyone can get on, look at it if they're interested in seeing change, and then if they want to do their own analysis, the data is right there for them also. We're um, potentially looking at uh, continuing to expand this and do different phases with this dashboard. While traffic in the region has rebounded since its lowest point in April of this year, car volume on San Diego highways is still down compared to the same time in 2019. This most recent month that we now have data for October, it was down 19%. So before we were down about half the number of people driving um, on the freeways and the number of vehicle miles traveled, now we're about at one-fifth. One of the biggest revelations in the Sandag data? Traffic speeds on San Diego County highways increased at the beginning of lockdowns in March. And they have remained above pre-pandemic levels. What we looked at were 10 hotspots around the region that really slowed down during the morning rush hour period of time. And we found that across those 10 hotspots, prior to the pandemic, the average speed in the morning was about 58 miles per hour. What we've seen now more recently is it's up about six miles per hour more, about 65 miles per hour. Burke says she is unsure whether traffic volumes and speeds will fully return to what was previously normal for San Diego highways as telework and new modes of transit may become more popular in the region. The new interactive data map will continue to be updated monthly. Jacob Ayer, KPBS News. Many businesses are struggling with the latest COVID-19 restrictions. Some have been forced to close. But KPBS reporter John Carroll says the San Diego Humane Society is actually thriving during this challenging time. We're still doing all the work we would normally do, just in a different way. Nine months into the COVID pandemic and Humane Society President Dr. Gary Weitzman is in a thankful mood. He says San Diegans have shown their big animal lovers at heart through their financial support. The society hasn't had to let any staff go and they're still handing out free pet food at all five of their campuses. Now Weitzman is looking past the pandemic when he says the organization will do things differently. We're converting our basic business philosophy to actually help people in their communities rather than having them always have to come to our shelters. Weitzman says the goal is that everyone who wants to keep their animal companion will be able to, and the Humane Society will be there to make sure of it. John Carroll, KPBS News. 
Coming up on the podcast, the Old Globe Theater has made its production of Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas into an annual event here in San Diego County. And this year, the show will go on in spite of COVID-19. The thought that we would not be able to come back together as a community and, and tell this story um, and carry on this tradition was heartbreaking. KPBS arts reporter Beth Accomando has more on how a holiday tradition will get from the stage to you. That's next, just after this break. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. The Old Globe Theater has made its production of Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas a holiday tradition. Now it is transforming the stage production into a made-for-radio musical. KPBS arts reporter Beth Accomando spoke with James Vasquez, who's been directing the musical for the past 18 years. Many of us grew up with the books of Dr. Seuss, and James Vasquez is no exception. He specifically remembers How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Oh, gosh. I mean, I grew up reading Dr. Seuss. So I, I think my first memory was probably at five or six years old and hearing, uh, having the book read to me. So I grew up knowing the story, loving the story, and knowing all about the who's and who the who's are. Um, you know, so then growing up and getting to be a who is a is a pretty spectacular thing. Vasquez has been directing The Globes, How the Grinch Stole Christmas for the past 18 years. Mean one, Mr. Grinch. You really are a heel. You're as cuddly as a cactus. You're as charming as an eel, Mr. Grinch. And he didn't want to skip this year. The themes of the Grinch are kindness, inclusion, community, and tradition. So the the thought that we would not be able to come back together as a community and tell this story um, and carry on this tradition was heartbreaking. The solution was to turn the live musical into a radio play. We had uh, eight days to record the show um, and we recorded everybody individually since regulations couldn't allow us to be together. Um, so we, we joke, but not, that we recorded The Grinch 2020 in closets across America. They had microphones. We helped them pad their closets or pad their spaces to soundproof as best as possible. And one at a time, we would go through their show. But the show's not just dialogue. There are also songs requiring a chorus to sing together while apart. I got watch them all, watch them all.
this show is such a choral piece. It's really specific vocal lines. So we had our associate conductor, Lyndon, record conductor cam videos. So every actor got a video of Lyndon with the music in their ear and they would press play on the video. They see Lyndon conduct and they would sing with music only in their ear and we would pick up just their voice and then lay all that in later. Behold! when editing magic has to take place to bring all the voices together and to transform the visually vibrant show into an audio experience. In the theater, we always say, you, you gotta hit the last row of the balcony. You know, you gotta make sure that that person is, is getting it as well as that person in the front row. In this particular case, everybody in our audience is in the front row. So the theatrical experience of The Grinch now feels more like a bedtime story being read to you. You know, Dr. Seuss, he has a quote um, uh, that I love, love, love so much. Um, Welcome Christmas, bring your cheer. Welcome all who's far and near. Welcome Christmas, here we stand, heart to heart and hand in hand. And I I feel like it sums it up so perfectly. We, we can't be hand in hand this year, but we can be heart to heart. And, uh, you know, if there's anything we learn from Whoville is you can't steal Christmas. So what better time to gather together to listen to the lessons of kindness from Dr. Seuss than during a pandemic? Beth Accomando, KPBS News. The Globe's Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas will air on KPBS Radio tomorrow, Thanksgiving Day, at noon. There will be four performances in all. That's it for the podcast today. The team here will be off tomorrow for Thanksgiving. Thanks so much for listening and have a safe and happy holiday. We'll see you Friday. KPBS On Demand is supported by Arizona Raft Adventures, a third-generation family-owned outfitter providing experiential multi-day Colorado River rafting adventures through the Grand Canyon. Hiking, exploration, education, and fun. Only a seven-hour drive from San Diego. Learn more at azraft.com.